if you're a qualified fitness professional, studying to be a fitness professional, sector or industry educator, or generally have an interest in the areas of health, fitness and well-being, then this, the Active IQ podcast, is well worth tuning into. We're the leading awarding organisation for the physical activity sector, keen to explore and share topical content via discussion, conversation, debate and Q&A shows, all with great guests and industry experts. This ensures that we give you, the listener, key insights into all things related to health, exercise, nutrition, mindset and performance. So please like, share and subscribe if you find the content of interest and be sure to check out our website at www.activeiq.co.uk. On Saturday the 12th of October 2019, you may recall the INEOS 159 challenge where Eliud Kipchoge became the first human being to run the marathon all 26.2 miles or 42.2 kilometres in less than two hours when he recorded a time of one hour, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. This was an absolutely phenomenal feat, but it won't be recognised as a world record due to the fact that it was not achieved in an open competition. It used dynamic feeding stations and a team of 42 rotating pacemakers. That said, though, this will undoubtedly pave the way for the first official sub two hour marathon in a competition environment sometime in the near future. Not dissimilar to the sub four minute miles that followed Sir Roger Bannister's achievements in 1954. Now, after the achievement, Kipchoge stated that he wanted to keep the sport interesting and clean. And whilst there hasn't been any suggestion of doping or similar practices in relation to Kipchoge's performance, there has been a different type of controversy surrounding the technological advancements in the footwear that he wore for the event and undoubtedly that he wore during training for the build-up to the competition. This footwear is linked to the Nike Next Percentage range of products developed by the Nike Sports Research Lab, a world-class research facility that harnesses the -the state-of-the-art science, research and equipment that is said to be unequaled in the sporting goods industry. Now, this controversy has sparked so much interest that World Athletics, the sports governing body, formerly known as the IAAF, had to get involved and take a look at the footwear, its technology and the implications for performance of which it may have. The review is now complete and World Athletics have decided that whilst the footwear worn by Kipchoge has not broken any technological doping rules and will not be banned, they have decided that as of the 30th of April this year, 2020, only footwear that has been available for purchase on the open market, or in other words, available to people like you and I, for a period of at least four months will be permitted in competition environments. And any footwear with a sole that is thicker than 40 millimetres or that has more than one rigid plate in the sole will actually be banned, all just in time for the Tokyo Games. Essentially, this means that we will no longer see prototype footwear in real competition environments for the foreseeable future. Now, you could argue that this will slow technological process in the world of sports and fitness, and it remains to be seen how the big brands will try and find a way around this ruling to ensure that their sponsored athletes are at the cutting edge of innovation and able to elicit marginal gains. But in the short term, this ruling has cleared the path for Nike to go ahead and launch the sale of this particular piece of footwear known as the Alpha Fly Next Percent, which became available on the 29th of February this year. This means that if you're a runner of any level or standard, you too can own a pair of the racing shoes just like those worn by Kipchoge when he smashed the sub two hour mark, albeit they will set you back somewhere in the region of £250. So you may well be asking at this point, well, James, why are you telling us about this particular pair of trainers and what has this got to do with the fitness industry? 
Well, before I do that, let's first examine the tech that makes the shoe stand out from the rest and what it claims to do. So firstly, the AlphaFly has two AirPods, nothing to do with the brand Apple, um, but these are located in the forefoot and Nike claims that this offers more energy return than the shoe that uses its standard Zoom X foam, a foam that is said to be the company's lightest, most responsive developed to date, offering superior cushioning and the highest level of energy return, believed to be somewhere in the region of 85%, or at least claimed by Nike to be that percentage. These AirPods, however, are said to now offer 90% energy return or efficiency. Secondly, the shoe also has a carbon fibre plate that is reported to give a snappy sensation to the wearer with each stride and pushes runners up onto their toes. This is believed to be a more desirable running style. And then thirdly, it also has an upper made from a material known as Atom Knit, which shaves overall weight off the shoe while still providing stability, breathability and also prevents water absorption, all contributing to a much more comfortable ride. But what does this all add up to then? Well, essentially, it creates a shoe that is said to enhance running efficiency and reduce fatigue in the lower extremities for the wearer, all in contributing to an average performance improvement of somewhere in the region of 4%. However, research is keen to highlight that this figure of 4% is an average, and in fact, some people will gain even greater efficiency by wearing the shoes, potentially giving them a competitive advantage. Now, we could argue that this has already been seen, given the fact that the predecessors or earlier iterations of the shoe and its technology have been linked to Nike's dominance in the sport, with 31 of the 36 podium positions across the six world marathon majors in 2019 being occupied by athletes wearing footwear with the same technology as that of the Alpha Flies worn by Kipchoge. Obviously, this prompts the question from the sports governing body around whether the sportswear giant is creating an unfair advantage for the athletes it sponsors, but it also raises concerns for rival sportswear brands that are potentially losing out on sales by being unable to come up with a similar rival product. If we look away from the elite level of the sport, however, and take it back to, say, more of a grassroots level or to fitness professionals and personal trainers working with clients who might be recreational runners or club level athletes, they too will now have the opportunity to access the benefits that footwear such as this claims to offer, if indeed they are fortunate enough to be in a position to afford them. Hence, for those of you who are fitness professionals working with clients who do run, is there now an avenue for you to exploit that will provide significant drops in run or race times just by wearing a different bit of kit? I personally believe that technology, beyond that of the usual apps and wearables that we commonly see being used in exercise environments, is something that personal trainers and fitness professionals should wholeheartedly engage with and explore, if nothing else to keep them abreast of how it may be of benefit to their clients, particularly for those that are fortunate enough to afford it. This is especially the case if you work with competitive clients and you want to be taken seriously and provide a quality service for those that you work with or serve. I see it as an opportunity for you to be sharing knowledge or engaging your clients in discussion to help inform their choices whilst being mindful that you are not there to force specific products or brands or prompt clients to go out and spend large sums of money on products or brands that they may not be able to justify. 
So to summarise this podcast, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I'm all for the concept or notion of legal marginal gains, regardless of what level of fitness or ability you are, or whatever area of life we relate this to, for the pure and simple reason that as personal trainers or fitness professionals, we have an obligation to take a holistic approach to our clients in relation to opportunities that may be able to be created to enhance or improve their performance. So if we can make small tweaks to any or all of the contributing factors that make up performance, not necessarily up to, say, the level of 4% suggested by the Alpha Fly shoe, but even by just 1% as advocated by Sir Dave Brailsford, one of the principal architects of Team Sky and Team GB's cycling success, all of these small 1% or marginal gains will accumulate and before we know it, have the most profound knock-on effect in other areas of our clients' performance, achievements, or part thereof. So if we can help or assist with this by informing and providing awareness of where possible gains can be made, we are in fact giving them an option or choice about how to take their performance to the next level. So my call to action here is for you to keep your knowledge of technology and its application fresh and to look to exploit it wherever you can as small tweaks or changes in multiple areas of training, lifestyle and performance, as this can indeed have an amplified outcome when combined. I'd also be interested to know what your thoughts are on this subject. So if you have a view, please do get in touch. My email is in the description and hopefully this has made you start thinking about where technology can fit, not just in sports, but also within the realms of health and fitness. 